how do we, because now it's crunch time. We're going to the semis. What if we're chasing? Because we can't win every toss. You can't always have your way. How do you turn that thing on? Because seemingly in the three games, we struggle. And, and what is that? We have to hope to win the toss. I, I, don't, the toss. I, don't, I don't think now, mm. at this point of the tournament, I don't think there's enough time to figure it out. Um, I really don't. I've been here many times before and I've never been defeated and still... I will never be defeated. It's Jay. And this is Chuck. What's up, everyone? This is Jay from the Two Upfront podcast, where we look at the weekend sporting action and other narratives around the sporting arena that may have gone under the radar. Welcome to another episode of Two Upfront. Man, last week we were here as world champions. This week, still on a pursuit of world dominance, but it's not looking good and we'll get into that. My name is Jay. What up, Chuck? I'm good, man. Today we're feeling like we're dodging kisses from random people public and if you go into a cricket story stop that. we didn't win we didn't win yeah man we did not win so protests at the world cup chuck having lost against the netherlands chasing and then winning just barely getting over the line against pakistan the question still was out there have we exercised that demon are we able to chase or are we one trick pony that we need to bat first set a total and that's how we win games Coming up against the best team at this particular World Cup, the hosts, India. They put 326 on the board and we had to go out there and chase it. And man, it was an unmitigated disaster. Vince McMahon. I, I, that's emotional thinking back to that, man, because Temba goes up, no Quentin, you're like, okay, they're managing Nyan. I mean, not easily, but they're surviving rather, the first two, three overs. And then Quinn de Kock goes, and you're like, okay, maybe Mangano Fanatissin will stabilize because mm. uh, Rassi tends to build slowly and then score um, faster later on. Temba sometimes <clears throat> isn't the quickest scorer, quickest scorer of runs. And so you're thinking, we'll manage and see out the new ball and then we'll be fine. It doesn't happen that way. Um, and instead, you see, um, well, one, let's say, an excellent bowling display by the Indian team because they, they were on the money all the time. But also questionable shots by our batsmen. I mean, when we had Hope looked in Antoine with Miller and Janssen, Miller goes for a reverse sweep that just wasn't there to be to be to be had. Um, he goes and then there was was writing on the wall obviously at that point in time. But it was embarrassing the manner in which it happened. I mean, last week I was looking, I was talking to you talking about Sri Lanka versus India, and they were pulled off for nineties. Like, what a sorry display! Only for us to do something similar, if not worse. Temo was asked. Um, about the display in the power plays and his response was which one because we got dominated while bowling in the power plays got dominated while batting the power plays as well and you know what in terms of that batting display I said to you that with regards to chasing I think we are better off chasing a bigger total mm. because if we're chasing like we were 326 um, in the game against India in my head those boys can come out there and we know these are big bats that are in the batting lineup of the Proteas and they are in historically great form. They can come out there and just play the natural game. You don't have to have a strategy in terms of how you approach it as much as maybe if it is like a 250 uh, where you don't want to go off too quickly. 
But then you find yourself getting bogged down and then you are losing wickets. And this is what happened in the game against the Netherlands. It's what happened in the game against Pakistan. So I thought that, you know what, maybe this kind of chase is more suited to the Proteas. And also I thought maybe we might feel a little good about ourselves going into in, into our, our, our batting innings. Because when you consider the starts that India had in that first power play, they looked odds on to get 350 and maybe even get 400, which is a total we've seen at this particular tournament. So to only restrict them to 326, I thought, you know what, considering that start, the Proteas would feel that the bowlers did well enough to, to restrict India to that total and that the batsmen can come out and prove that, you know what, all around, doesn't matter whether we bat first or we bat second, we can do this. Mm. That was not the case. No, it wasn't, man, because the uh, Indian bowlers were on the money like from the get-go. Jasper Plumer was unplayable. And then Kanu Shami, who's coming on as well. And then to finish off the tail, Jadeja was there. So that threat's coming from everywhere, like from either side of, of the wicket. Whereas with us, unfortunately, Janssen was hammered like for the first time in this tournament because he's always getting wickets in the power play. He's always getting us that early break. And then we put pressure on the team that's, that's chasing our score. Uh, Mungiti always gets a wicket, but he's always there for... for, for, for for the taking, because he's, he's not he's not disciplined in terms of his line and length, in terms of um, bowling to a particular strategy. He's a bit wayward, I'd, I'd say. And then Urabada really is the go-to guy in terms of pace bowling. Uh, Maharaj played decently enough, got scalps as well. So he get, had us um, in the mix in terms of restricting India. But it was, it, was, it was bad, man, when you look at the fact that every one of our batsmen failed. Like at the top six, all six failed. Agna Monto, Fagituintu, you're like, oh, okay, Zamila, you know? I think the highest score from our top six was what, 14 or something like that, where you're like, no, guys, we need to do better. And I mean, it's, it's, 350 is, is, is crazy when I think about that, Jay, because Quentin de Kock is more patient now in this campaign. Whatever he's found means that he's a more patient, patient batsman. And you're like, okay, fine, having him up front is good. Temba, on the other hand, I thought to myself that Temba's not someone who's really explosive. And, with all due respect, because of his size, I don't think he's someone who can just really pour it on late on and, and get a lot of runs. I think he's someone who scores freely during the innings, like all the time during his innings. He can't play slow and then accelerate and then get 100 and then go to like a strike rate, strike rate to 150 or whatever. I don't think he does that. So when he's bogged down and Quinny is out, you have, you, you're worried a bit. But when there's a Mark Kremlin in front of this and you think there's hope, we can do something else. Um, that wasn't the case. But I mean, I'm concerned, Jay. I'm really, really concerned because against the Pakistan, who are a decent team. We got barely over the line. Netherlands aren't a big team, but they've had like these good performances now here and again in the tournament, whereas where you see their, their bowling display and you see their batting um, later on in the game. So you understand how we sort of um, lost that one, or maybe let's say it's a hiccup. My concern is that we're going to the semifinals. If we meet India again, we're going to meet the same bowling attack. And there hasn't even been... Because you, you've seen a lot of times, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll one day, maybe in tests more often than not, that... If, if if everyone else is if, sorry, if everyone else is struggling in the team, there's this just one batsman who can read the pitch or read the bowling and, and then go against the attack. And this particular display, no one went against the attack. No one tried to turn the tide. So my worry is, in the next game, what do we do? Can we figure out the Indian bowlers? To be fair, and maybe to play devil's advocate, there's no one in this World Cup who's figured out the Indian bowling. That Indian bowling lineup is up there with one of the best bowling displays I've seen as in terms of what they're putting um, up in the tournament. You can compare it with any other bowling lineup in the history of the World Cup. You you mentioned Shamsi. Shamsi, <laughs> Shamsi averages three wickets per match in his World Cup career. He turns up at World Cups and he turns into the Sorry. best white ball 
seamer in Sorry history. Sorry to interrupt you. I meant Shami. It's Mohammed Shami for India, not Shamsi. Yeah, Shami. Wrong. Uh, Shami. Okay, cool. So then you have the matter of Judeja. We we couldn't play Judeja. Uh, and it's not only us who couldn't play Judeja because he, he came into that match. He hadn't taken a, a haul of wickets like he did with the Fiverr against the Proteus. But when you look at his economy, economy rate, he was... I believe under four, like 3.78 or something like that, which has only gotten better after the game against the Proteus, which means the batsmen at this World Cup have not been able to get him away. And while I was listening to commentary, the issue is the speed with which he bowls. You you cannot walk down the pitch to him. That's why you see batsmen, uh, Millet, Millet did that um, in, when, 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 he, when he came in, that he, he glanced um, Jadeja for a, a, a boundary behind the keeper. You try to use his pace, but that's not a viable strategy as such against uh, spin bowling. So it's not only the Proteas, it is his, all the other teams uh, in this World Cup. I mean, even when England, and I know England have had a terrible World Cup, so maybe they're a bad example. But when they managed to restrict India to uh, around 230, when India were batting first, I thought, okay, then here's a chance for India to lose their first game. What do they go and do? They win the match by 100 runs. Because on the back of their bowling... Batsmen sell tickets, bowlers win your matches, and in the case of India, it's looking like the bowlers are going to win them the tournament. You're going to have to go through India, Chuck, to win to win the tournament. So whether you face them in the semi-final or in the final, the team that is going to to win the World Cup, if it's not India, one of those teams in the final would have had to beat in India in the semi-final, or if India is in the final, you're going to have to beat them. Yeah. I don't think it's a matter of you are just going to turn up and maybe even someone is going to do you a favor or you're just going to turn up and just have a normal game. And when I say beat India, I mean, you're going to have to figure out how to put up a score against that bowling. That's fine. The tournament, I've not seen anyone. And with the Proteas performing the way that they did, that that that's bad news for everyone in the tournament because the Proteas, again, as I'm saying, historically in great batting form. Mm. So for them to have that kind of display and, and, and in that match against India, I didn't really feel that the batsmen threw away their wickets. It was just it was a, a lineup that you, we don't have any answers. I mean, you we see, just don't have the capacity. You see, you see the cock chopping onto his thumbs. You see Temba almost go out in the same fashion. You see Omakram play a shot that um, has him lucky to keep his wicket as well. My question is this, Jay, because you, th you think about the fact that we're good in terms of setting up a total. Chasing, we're not that good. India, good chases. But in this game, they show that they can put up a total and defend that very well. When we played in New Zealand, New Zealand um, put us into bat because they are good at chasing, but it didn't work out for them because the, to the total was just too big for them, right? How do we then turn switch on in terms of doing the other thing? Because we can we can put up a score easy, right? That suggests that I think eight, eight of the last ten times we played and we batted first, we won by like big margins and we put up about three fifty or whatever. How do we switch it on? Because against Pakistan, we barely made it. Netherlands, we lost. Here, we got hammered. How do we, because now it's crunch time, we're going to the semis, what if we're chasing? Because we can't win every toss, you can't always have your way. How do you turn that thing on? Because seemingly in the three games, we struggle. And, and what is that? We have to hope to win the toss. I, I, don't, the toss. I, do, I don't think now, mm. at this point of the tournament, I don't think there's enough time to figure it out. Um, I really don't. Although I heard Ricky Ponting, um, Australian World Cup uh, winning captain, as well as someone who performed with the bat at World Cups, he said you can learn how to chase in in the midst of the tournament. And one of the things that I was disappointed in with regards to the protest is you had a chance to 
maybe wrestle the momentum from India in that first power play. So yes, in 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 the previous games when we have been setting the total, we've not really gone like helter skelter in the in the power plays. You, you see us maybe like between forty five and 60, usually around the 50 mark after 10 overs of, of the first power play. Our main thing is we want to keep wickets. We want to take two wickets um, at, at, at the most, be down three wickets by the time we get to the 30th over. So we are circumspect in that power play. We don't want to lose those wickets because we believe in our batting that we will catch up the run rate and we pour it on later on. We've seen scores pushing 150 in the last 10 overs. But it's a it's a different approach chasing and what needed to happen against what clearly has been the best bowling lineup you needed to try and pose yourselves on them you not talking about um playing rash shots but if you get out of course we are going to be here talking about the fact that there was not a good shot but i wanted to see a little more risk i wanted to see our batsmen believe that okay you are the best bowling lineup but we are the best batting lineup and Whatever it is that you are going to put um, to us, we're going to return it with equal fire. And the fact that we're, we're unlucky in terms of Quinton going out, because you saw Quinton had hit a boundary um, prior to that, and then he chopped on, on, on onto his wicket. If he stays in, because at this tournament, for the most part, he's been the fulcrum upon which uh, and the foundation upon which we build. If he stays in, I'm pretty certain he was going to have a go at those Indian bowlers. But then when we lost him... And we had Temba and and Van uh, and when they assessed the conditions and the type of bowling that the in, the Indians were displaying, they felt that they they had to recover. But then, unfortunately, um, I, the other thing is if you lose Quinton and and Markram, you're not going to put up a, a, a big score because for me, the big scores with the Proteas are dependent on two of the three between Quinton, Markram, and Klassen having beginnings. When you lose two of them in the first 10 overs, that's game over. But again, I would have maybe liked to see if we lose those wickets, we do we do that somewhat on our own terms, that mm. we're not just going to let you dictate uh, what happens. Because again, as I'm saying, that bowling lineup is nothing to be messed with, but you have to try. Mm. You have to try something. So I think, the, man, the psychological blow is 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 a lot. When we When we meet India again, especially if we have to chase it's going to be hard. There's mm. going to be some PTSD that comes through there. But I think if uh, if if that team is having conversations after that match, it has to center around the fact that we we have to try and pose ourselves. We have to go out there believing that we are the best batting lineup the one-day game has ever seen mm. at their absolute best. So let's put that on show. It's quite hard to switch that on after getting that sh- uh, shalaking by e- India because I'm thinking if, if they're saying we're the best batting unit against the best bowling unit, I'm sure they would have been able to say that or speak much louder if they were setting the total. But because they're chasing, it's like, okay, we're not really familiar with this particular thing and we're not particularly good at it. And here these guys bowling snorches up front and it's, it's unrelentless. Like each, bo- each, 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 each change of bowler. Pressure, Chuck, I wasn't even pressure, really disappointed because I was like, I was watching that bowling display from India and thinking to myself, Nah, man. Anyone on anyone on that day on that pitch with that bowling lineup, mm. I don't know if anyone was getting within fifty rounds of that total that India put up. Yeah, you could say that, but man, I I wanted a bit of fight. Like by the time Mugua, I think Miller's wicket, I was like, let me just watch whatever's happening with EPL because I just couldn't. The right was on the wall. And it, it was, was over was after, ten, after yeah. ten overs. Um, but I mean. What do we do and what do we do differently? I know you're saying impose yourself, but how do we do that? Because we want to be circumspect. We want to keep the the, the wickets in hand. It's such a such a, a tough space because 
we've come crashing down, man. This victory, this, sorry, this loss against India is, is so big and so defining at this particular stage of the game. Had this been like match number two, mm. and then we go on our run, then it's different. But we pulled up so much momentum, um, dispatched away uh, with the good teams. Like New Zealand was in form, we put them away. Um, we, we, we played like a tough game against Abu, Abu Pakistan, we put them away. But to be so close and to be in good touch and good nick, and to have to have bowlers who've accustomed sorry accustomed themselves to the to the wicket, and then they get they go for three twenty something, bowlers uh sorry bowlers went for three twenty something, batsmen can't can't deliver. You're like where to from now? So it's a bit shaky right now in terms of confidence. Um, because we were we were recording last week and the question was what do we feel about the protests? Where is our confidence? Right now, mine is at an all-time low. If I'm honest, um, obviously they they're not rubbish overnight. They're not rubbish overnight. But the question is. We are going to meet India if we want to win it. How do we do that? How do we beat Man, them? Man, yeah, my belief is um, affected, but I still believe. And the reason for that, and I think the things that the protests can hang their hats on is after the loss against the Netherlands, bounce back quite convincingly. And even though it wasn't a confident display chasing against Pakistan, we did do it. Mm. And yeah, perhaps you're clutching the straws, but but on a day following the kind of result against India, you kind you have to find something, and I think you can look back at the fact that we we did recover after yeah. we lost. We didn't go then on a skid, and then in terms of where are we with regards to chasing? Yes, we're not in a good place, but even at this World Cup, we have shown that we can. Yes, we will struggle all, like over the line, but we, we we've done it. You mm. know. And then with regards to if we meet India down the road and if we're going to win the World Cup, I believe we're going to have to face India. It can't get any worse. It can't get any worse. And man, with enough luck on our side, we'll win the coin toss and we'll get to we'll get to bat first. And it's not a good place to be in that you are dependent on the, the luck of the draw. You know, a coin toss is, is 50-50. Yeah. But if it does happen, and if in, even if it doesn't, as I'm saying, you can you can try, hang your hat on what has happened previously. As I'm saying, we, we, we can't lose any more worse than this. And if we do lose, as I'm saying, if India go on to win this tournament, Chuck, I believe we are looking at a team that we can compare to those uh, 2000s Australian World Cup winning teams as perhaps one of the greatest ever. Because... The display up mm. to this point, including the game against the Proteus, has been phenomenal. Almost flawless. It, it, it really has been. If we meet them again, right, here's my little punt. I'd put Klassen up the order. Because I, in, my, in my mind, I'm thinking, whenever it's T20 cricket, bowlers don't get a sniff. No matter what line you bowl, no matter what swing you can put into the ball, you get smashed. If you get someone to impose his game early on, and if his wicket falls, like, okay, guys, slow it up, get your momentum and play again. I don't know if it's risky, but that's what I'd do. I don't want to move Klaassen from where he is. Uh, he's been pretty successful from that middle order. It's very easy to... to, to react. I feel, I feel like so we'd be overreacting pressure. to do yeah. that. There's a lot of pressure if... If we're like four uh, down with 40 runs to go and he's coming in. I mean, if you four down with 40 runs to go... Sorry, saying, sorry 40, 40 runs on the table, on the board, four down. And then, uh, then you are expected to lose. I don't think... I, I, in my head, the pressure is not... As high because man, if you if you're walking into the wicket like with less than fifteen overs having been bowled, then the odds are you're gonna lose that match. If you are able to put it over the line, it will be miraculous. So I think I think I think the the pressure is distributed equally uh, amongst the top six, for, and the top six no for Clarkson to do his thing. You need to have given him a foundation. Mm-hmm. If that's not there, then we are asking him to turn into Michael Bevan and Jack Callis. And Lance Klusner all 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 in one, 
And for him to do that again, that would be historic. And I wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't look at him and say, "Man, you failed." Whereas, mm. like for your other fellow batsmen have failed as well prior to you and not having given you that foundation. So, and when he walked into the wicket yesterday, I thought to myself, "Man, can he stick around?" Because there's like 30, 35 uh, overs to go. If he can like stick around, maybe you have you have a chance. But again, it's like there was hope, <laughs> and like to get the result from that position was like far-fetched so i think you keep it as it is mm -hmm. and because guys have been performing in the positions that they're playing this is a major blip which we gonna have to do work to recover from but if we are going to uh it's it's, it's sticking to the principles that have gotten us to a place where we are in a semi-final spot so and that's the other thing to remember we are in the semi-finals and it's it's knockout cricket at this point mm -hmm. anything can happen anything can happen Anything can happen. Um, like what we saw on Twitter and social media, videos of the fans celebrating with South African, the South African Springboks, South African South African team. But what did happen is that Julius Malema had his say about the Springboks and what they represent. And I feel that he's someone, maybe ill-timed, because he's riding on the euphoria of the country and the focus, uh, because everyone's thinking Springboks right now. And he says his statement that, you know what? The actual Springbok emblem does not represent all of us because it has a history. And it's an apartheid, um, pro-apartheid, pro pro-racist history where people who are of color could not represent or wear that, that, that emblem. So he was saying, we're going to rename Springboks and we're going to have a new, 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 new icon or new badge, new logo that's going to represent all of us. Does he have a point? And what about the timing of his words? So having more than just read the headline and watched uh, the video where he speaks about that, it is logically congruent with his stance and the stance of his party and the stance of people who are pro-Black liberation and who are anti the previous establishment and do want to eradicate any kind of semblance of the the past that we have with uh, the racial domination of one particular sector of community over Black people. So it's not, Chuck, just, um, just hard words. Uh, Yes, he's capitalizing on the timing of the Springboks being two times world champions, having recently won it. And I suppose, in a way, if you want to look at that, you'd say it's smart because it is going to draw eyeballs and it's going to draw a reaction. And the reaction from most people was to say that it's Ill, it's ill-timed and also get off it, you know, leave the Springboks alone. But as I'm saying, and probably what I would say is for people to take a step back, um, I know Julius is 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 renowned for saying some incendiary things and some of the things that come out of his mouth, you want to be like, that's enough, you know, yeah. um, particularly from a politician. But as I'm saying, one of the examples that he made was you cannot be roads must fall, but you're not Springbok's emblem must fall. Mm. And he puts that in the same in the same box. And as I'm saying, people who think like that with regards to other apartheid emblems it makes sense for them to think about that, about the Springboks as well. I, The reason it's so controversial is because we love the Springboks, mm. you know, and we call them the Springboks. It's, oh, it's the only thing that we've ever known them by. And even the new fans who have been recruited to the the team and what they stand for, it's these are the Springboks, you know, and they've thus become our Springboks. 
And this is in 2023. Mm-hmm. In, in 1960, 1970, 1980, 1990, as a person of color, you would not have embraced the Springbok emblem because mm-hmm. in terms of the idea of slacks, blankers, uh, Europeans only, or no black people allowed, in the realm of sport, what represented that was the Springbok emblem. And there have been efforts to eradicate it. It was something that was tabled in, in post-democracy in 94. But Nelson Mandela, after conversations and negotiations with the African side of or, or the apartheid um, leadership, he figured that, you know what, let's keep it. Mm. If we are going to appease something from the other side, let's give them that it has meaning to them. And I don't know if he really had the foresight because he's famous for saying that sport has the power to bring people together. I don't know if he had the foresight that eventually it's going to become what it is right now. But that was not popular at the time. Uh, as I'm saying, if you are looking through the lens of 2023, you can't you you can't bend your mind around that. Okay, that's that's normal. That was not something that was a popular decision. And in 2008, again the ANC government tried mm. to remove the Springbok emblem. And what they were pushing for is uniformity against, uh, across the sporting codes. And the emblem for South African teams should be the protest because, again, the Springbok emblem represented a time and, 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 and a regime where someone who looks like you and me mm. was not allowed. You were not allowed into the club and the sign at the door mm. was the Springbok emblem. So that's where... If I were to contextualize it, Julius is coming from. And of course, it's going to cause the kind of uproar that it has. Because again, we've come to love the Springboks. I think where I'm stuck with this, right? Because you and I had a conversation about Mongo Stiputeles. And you were saying to me that this guy was a villain back in the day. And you don't understand how over time people have come to forgive him. And he has this more smart, more respectable um image as the leader of the IFP. He's no longer looked at as a villain, someone who killed people or rather was at, was calling the shots in terms of um, all these bad acts during um, the struggle and, and post that. The thing that, I, that that makes me say, because I'm struggling with is that I think with this bad idea or this bad um, name and, and, and logo, we've allowed it to bloom and become something else because Julius says, I mean, I'm not part of Stronger Together, whereas Stronger Together is a campaign that says all of us are represented. And, and even rubbished it. Yeah, and rubbished it. Yeah, which is I mean, I think I'm fine. Uh, by it not doesn't make quoting sense. it correctly. Yeah. So for me, if if, if C is our captain, first black captain, I'm not saying which this, this paper is over everything else that happened in the past, but C is our, uh, our black captain. There's an Oxen Shea was a star, Makazole is a star, Lukanyo M is a star. And Rasi, when you look at how he cares about all these individual players and, and what they've become. Like, Stronger Together, like we said, we drank of the Kool-Aid in terms of we believe that it really does unite because here we are in malls packed to watch Amapogopo. And you're like, if this thing has become a positive symbol, how do we then do away with it? Because we've allowed it to become something else. Because I do believe that Abu, 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 Abu Tiklek, Abu Terplanche, they never had a chance to turn around in terms of their image. We were like, oh, you know what? It's not so bad. People who've grown up in the year 2000, Think about the Springboks as, oh, it's our team. They don't have any ties or connections to what actually happened in the past. It's only now when you Google and you read up, you're like, oh, actually, this symbol is not necessarily the best one, you know? It's not something that we have in the forefront of our minds when we're thinking or whether we're considering the Springboks. So my thing is, if, if something was bad and we've allowed it to turn good, do we still rubbish it away? That's the question I want to I ask because if, if, if they were still white, and we got black president and we got to democracy and we wanted equal rights and equal uh, um, human rights for everyone, then you'll say, but 
But if we allow it to turn good, what do we do with it then? So your question is, is redemption possible? Yeah, because I think we've allowed, we've given it time to do that. So that is, man, I don't think there's a simple answer to that. Uh, when you look at the Springboks, right? And, and the thing is, which is the question I'd ask to people in general, that do you love the, the team? Do you love the entity that is headed up by the, the boy from Zwede mm. and that is above him overseeing the whole thing? A man who cares not only for the game, he cares for his players, he cares for their stories, and he cares for the greater South Africa, and he uses the narrative of what this country is to propel though that team to World Cup glory, where even when you hear from people outside of the boundaries of South Africa, like you, mm. I was listening to like rugby pundits when they were choosing who their favorites is for that final between the All Blacks and the Springboks. And one of the things that came up is while the Springboks might be fatigued and while the, the All Blacks might be on the rise and you would then choose the All Blacks purely on rugby reasons, what was a hang up was the Springboks have something deeper and bigger to play for. And this is something that has been fostered within that team. So the question is, do you love the entity? Mm. Do you stand behind it for what it is with or without the emblem and the name Springboks, which is something that's come from a time where you would not have done so, but you, you would in 2023. If Julius comes into power in the EFF and they do away with it, would you have a problem with the team as constructed at that point? You know, mm. and the question I'd, I'd I'd ask is, what do you love about it being the Springboks specifically? specifically yeah. Like, what is it that you identify it? What does it represent uh, for you as a South African that it is specifically the Springboks? Mm. So, I do think redemption is is possible. Mm. I'm a Christian, so <laughs> I, I I very much yeah. believe that redemption is possible, but. I uh, what I and I'm not saying I'm with I'm with Julius yeah. on this, you know. Um, I'm 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 not really on either side if I'm being like yeah, totally honest because I do think it's a sensitive matter. I do think there needs to be caution and and like in the approach towards what it has been mm. and and that history because it forms part of a greater history of this country and exclusion. Mm. But I also do think on the side of um the FF Julius and anyone else who thinks like that there needs to be attention that is paid to what it has become and how, ironically, it has been the most inclusive, maybe, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, across the society of South Africa, like, symbol in South Africa in this, in, in this day and age. And can you take it? And can you, as you asked the question, make it um, a symbol of hope? Mm. So for me, though, I think for it to truly become that, we cannot gloss over what has what has happened. We would need to acknowledge that mm. and then truly acknowledge that and then say, this is a unique opportunity where it could it it, it is the only thing, it seems to me, from 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 that like history that has survived and then now is turning around it's it's the narrative around it. Mm which could be something which uh, is, is a catalyst for some other things uh, in the country. So I think, I think it's one to be approached with sensitivity from all, from all sides. Um, I think it doesn't yeah. help anyone to just say, oh, we want to do away with it. I don't think it helps uh, anyone either by saying, no, we don't want to do away with it. It's ours. Because if you do then go and speak to talented rugby players from a, a bygone era who look like you and me, and who could not represent their country because their country thought them not to be 
um, first-class citizens of that country are not worthy to be in those colors and to wear that badge um, on, on, on their chest. I don't know if they feel the same way that a majority um, seems like of people feel about the Springboks where they're just jumping up and down. I'm sure they love the rugby. They yeah. love the rugby players. And as I'm saying, they love the story behind what it stands for now. But I don't know. I don't know. And I say that because I haven't spoken to these people. Um, if they stand behind the emblem, which is a reminder to them that you could not go here. Mm. You know what I'm thinking as you're speaking now, that if, if those po uh, past rugby players who were omitted because of their, their 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 race, if they spoke out, or if former players who are even white, if they spoke out, I think it sounds and resonates better than if it's Julius Malemba who's saying, ah, the Springboks must go away, because it sounds like a black man who's angry who's angry at the white Africana past, and it, it's, it's, it, looks, it looks like it's the only context, the political tone and, and racial tone, and, and there's nothing else. But if it's coming from someone else, I think then there's a, a, better, a better understanding, because if you think about... Um, what I said in terms of what the Springboks mean to different eras or different generations. Tina Abantu, who are young-ish, right? We know a little bit about, about the, the, our past, the apartheid, but we are living in, in, in now where the Springboks represent what they represent now. Abantu would have an issue with the, the, the flag or the very same people who would vote the ANC because they don't trust the white man, right? Those people cannot be brushed aside. But at the same time, the people who are now coming who are looking for change saying to be want something other than the ANC, they don't know a different springboard to what to what they are witnessing or rather what they understand right now. And so it is it is a conundrum and it's got it's got it's got points on either side. But also I think when it comes down to it, because you do you do make a point when you say we must have a conversation, is a rebrand that bad? You know, is is different colors that bad if it's still the same people at the helm? Um, the people that we love particularly. Um, because Uve had a had a rebrand, and I know I know I'm going a, a bit off topic. Not everyone was happy with it, but that's what their logo looks like now. Man City had a rebrand. That's what, the, that's what the, uh, the, the, country, the, sorry, the club logo looks like right now. So not everyone will be on board with that. But if it's still the same people, if CIA is still our champion and the boys are still going out representing our country, is it necessarily such a bad thing? I don't know. But at the same time, those, those colors mean something. I mean, when, when, we, when there was that issue about e color blindness and potentially the, 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 the clash of black against green and gold was going to be at, at risk because of colorblind issues where they'd have to wear, one team would have to wear their away strip. You're like, no, this is not traditionally the biggest game in the world if it's no longer these two colors. If you take that away, then we lose something. But what do we gain? I think that's the question. What do we gain if we change the logo, if we change the name or the colors? What is there to gain? And if we understand that, maybe we'd be on board. But to then take away what we know right now as the iteration that the Springbok is right now, and it's a bit too harsh. And also, like I said, coming from Julius Malema, it's like, so it's not quite clear in terms of what we should do. But I think if a conversation is had and there is a clear gain from doing these things, then let's do it. Because just like naming Winnie Mandela Road or whatever, I don't know what there is to gain, to be honest. But people who made that decision will be able to tell me and they are more educated and they'll let me know, what to, here's, the, here's the gain, here's the benefit. If someone can let me know, what if we do this away, here's the good and this supersedes the bad then I would be on board. But as for now, I'm not too sure what to do with it. So the great um, idea is you don't want to stand behind a banner that never represented you. Mm -hmm. And my my final take on on changing or keeping the logo and the colors is for everyone who says, that's my team, um, that's my team name, those are my colors, and I, I, I identify with those colors, I think the responsibility is there to wrestle with the past of the thing that you champion now. Mm. And if you can come out on the other side of that intelligibly, uh, I think we, as I'm saying, we have an opportunity with the Springboks and, and the logo and, and the colors to 
to do something um, in, in, in this country that has had a complicated and complex past and coming into like the present and what do we do or how do we navigate that because previously the manner in which it, it has happened there's a large part of South Africa that was not happy with how uh, things turned out and the result of that is 30 years on you are you are, you are, you are feeling those repercussions and similarly on the other side if Julius is going to push through with this um, or anyone who thinks that Julius or oh, they're going to relent they also need to reckon with what 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 that is mm-hmm. I think there is the possibility of a great outcome here um, but people are People have the onus on them to listen from both sides and then to to offer into the conversation something, as I'm saying, that is intelligent, something that is well thought out, uh, not just, it can't just be us versus them because that has been the classical divide that put us in, 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 in the nightmare that we found ourselves uh, previously. So as I'm saying, it's an opportunity, whether we, 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 we let go of it or whether we keep it, I think there's again use the word an opportunity to do so in a manner that may be healing um and in a manner that ultimately is inclusive for the greater South African populace opportunities um just malemotse which times up for springbok name and springbok colors opportunities time this goes well into our next topic Oh, on to another national team, Chuck. And you mentioned uh, we're talking about opportunities. There was the opportunity for Janine van Beek, the much-decorated Banyana Banyana former captain, to become the most capped player in African history. Of course, Banyana Banyana were taking part in Olympic qualifiers over two legs against the DRC. But she did not get to play controversially. And Desiree Ellis, the coach, came out and said, cut. She didn't have a stopwatch with her. And therefore, I mean, never mind the scoreboard and the time that's the stadium and everyone else who has a stopwatch. Therefore, the, t- the chance to put Janine van Vick to come to come to go on and get a t- t- uh, to go on and get a cap for the national team didn't work out. I don't know, man. That doesn't sound good enough for me. Um, of course, you you guys called me up out of retirement for this very purpose. I mean, if you tell me in the first place that the game was tight, it could have gone either way. Sharp. But when we get goal number two, that's when you're like, get Janine to warm up as on game because it's comfortable. Uh, and I mean, the way, if, if you listen to Janine van Vakes, uh, the way she speaks and what she says, I think she's done. Because there's a chance to honor her and, and beat the record. But in terms of her and Banyana Banyana, her and Desiree Ellis, I think that 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 relationship has soured. I think that relationship has come to an end. And they it's just a relationship for convenience sake. With coach, I can give you that cap. Basically, now you, you can walk away over shop. It, I don't know, man. It's not gonna work out. It's been out. tough times for Desiree though, eh? Yeah. Like from that match against Botswana, where we are fielding a 13-year-old uh, being beaten 5-0 because there's the issue between payments, um, the team, and 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 Safa, and the post-match where she's on there, like, teary. Hmm. And then we go to the World Cup, and she decides not to play Andy Lezamini, and constantly from home. At that point, she became the villain. She, she became the villain, you hmm. know? And Chuck, this is a woman who won us our first ever WAFCON. 
and I was I was seeing people and 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 if I'm very honest, like and at some point that came up within me as well. Uti, um, the coach is maybe not the one for the position and she needs to be relieved. But it, 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 when you think about it, like, man, you're an African champion just last year and now people are calling for your job. And then in the World Cup, she goes with her team and qualifies us for the knockout stages mm-hmm. for the first time ever. And now there's this, which has taken away from the fact that Banyana Banyana won that, mm. that tie against DRC. Yep. And the reaction of Janine from Vake, where she was disappointed, right? My, my, my initial reaction to the, her reaction was, man, you don't have a right to the national colors. Mm. It doesn't matter how much you have been kept before. You don't have, you don't make the call that you play for the national team or not. Mm. But then when I consider the fact that when, they, when she was getting picked for the squad, they obviously had conversations with the coach because she's not been part of the national setup for a while mm-hmm. and was very clear that her time in the national team had come and gone. So if whoever starts that conversation, whether it was Janine approaching uh, the coach to say, I'm retiring and I'd like to have my final soiree mm-hmm. on the field in front of the national public in a banana shirt and the coach agrees or the coach and her team, having heard that Janine is retiring, they decide to approach her and say, hey, we'd like you in here because we would like to honor you in this manner. There must be, have been some kind of agreement that this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So for it not to happen, and again, the circumstances were important because if we were still, uh, if, that, if, if that tie, that game was still on the edge, then you understand that we can't be making um, ceremonial substitutions. We need to win the game. That's 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 the first that's the first thing. But as you point out, at the point where it's clear that this has been iced, it's in the bag, uh, we can bring her on. For her then not to honor what again I think would have been the word that she gave to Janine in 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 those conversations. Janine's reaction is then justified. Yeah. My problem, as I told you, is how do you do this? Like how 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 game. how do you how do you pick someone and maybe guarantee them? A final goodbye, not on a friendly, mm. again, as happened with Megan Rapinoe against Banyana Banyana um, after the World Cup at home. Mm. Similar thing, but as I'm saying, there was a friendly. This was a competitive game. This was like a competitive tie. But ultimately, because the decision was made and we did get to a point where Janine could get onto the field, for her then not to get onto the field doesn't look good on Desiree. And her reasoning... Yeah, it, it, no one yeah. else, no, not just her, no one else on the bench had like a stopwatch. No one else. Oh, it came here. Owen, 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 Chuck, the, 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 the fourth official, when he puts up his board, does that not indicate that, oh, or yeah. her board, like, does not, okay, does that not on. indicate that, okay, we are at the end of this game? Let's do it now. Yeah. There's, there's, there's no way you did not know what time it was <laughs> in that match. There's no way. Man, I mean, look, when you look at the fact that, you 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 so point, so rightly point out that Desiree has been through a lot. When the girls are boycotting because of payment issues, she has to do a do- job. She can't say Namia Namia strike. She has to do a job. When people are saying Fagul she has to do a job in terms of how how she sees uh, best in terms of this is the the eleven that I trust. This is the bench options that I trust, and here's how we're gonna win this. And if we qualify out the group stages, it means she was right all along. But if you're gonna call someone out from effectively a retirement and say to her, you're gonna play, Uma qualify, you know the stakes. 
and mind you, what a month ago there was friendlies, as you point out, against U USA. Two, 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 two games that you could have gotten the record in. There's nothing at stake there because I mean, as much as you want to blood a new talent, it's just one place. And if it's a friendly, you can make a whole host of, of subs, right? Maybe you want to do it at home, Azaz. To then forego those opportunities and say to an, an important match, because I know you had an issue with Dagote, Anjan, well, how, how does this line up? Everyone does, does, does these things, Guma, either when, when you've giving so, someone a testimonial and an Olympic during, qualifier, and a qualifier, either they've wrapped business, it up, man. or it's like friendly's purpose to give that person that honorary uh, goodbye. So for that to happen like that, I don't know why she then became the villain. That's why I, to, I, I don't believe about these people see eye to eye. I don't believe they're the best of friends. I think they're just there on a, prof, on a professional capacity. Apart from that, I don't know. Bayambi is a foot and she comes again and they try to do it again. What do they do? Because the next game, if I'm mistaken, is against Tanzania, which is still en route to qualifying for the Olympics. When do they say goodbye? Or, or do they say, okay, so next year when? It, 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 it's, it's a mess now. It's, it's, it's bad timing. Um, yeah. I think, oh, man... Professionals always say you will know when it's the end. And I, I presume Janine knows that this is the end. And that's why she announced it now. But the problem, the bad timing part is when you include Banyana Banyana. Because, mm. again, I'm not privy to the conversations that were had with the coach. But if it was Janine uh, insisting, then, as I'm saying, you don't have a right to the national team jersey. But if it was the coach who said, we want to do this for you, then the fault is completely on the side of Banyana Banyana, you know? Mm. Because how I think the conversation should have gone is whether she announces her retirement now or later, but if the national team comes into it, then say that we're going to go through the qualifying stages. And the likelihood is we're going to qualify for the, for the Olympics. We are the best team on the continent, and we did make it to the round of 16 in uh, the, the World Cup. Of course, you don't take it for granted that we're going to qualify, but the odds are is we are going to. And then there will be friendlies, Chuck. There will be warm-ups prior to going to the World Cup, to, to the Olympics. Mm -hmm. And even if it's not uh, ones which uh, would fall in line with whatever it is uh, that SAFA and the other um, governing bodies have in place to for the warm-up for, for, for the Olympics, you can organize friendlies. Mm. Like between when we qualify because and, and then going to the Olympics, you can organize two games or even just one game because ultimately I don't think it was even that much about her getting the record. It was she wanted her final moment in football to be in a Banyana jersey. Mm. So... You can call Botswana again. You can call Lesotho. You can call whoever is is available and is willing to come, so that Janine can get onto the field for that. Because there'll be a window there where you have the players in camp. So it was it was it was mishandled, and I think there was a better way to go about it. But it sucks that these are the things that tend to happen when we are talking about the national team setups. Does it still hold the same weight if it's done later and the first opportunity was bundled bungled? Do you think? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The issue is that we have this issue now. Mm. Because if it if it didn't include these competitive games at all, then it's a simple conversation. But even now, Chuck, they're adults, man. Like you, one it. person goes and, and they apologize and the other person extends grace and we come to some some sort of um accordance and we can do this again. Hopefully, because I'm thinking you, you talk about warm ups. They could tell you which we prepare, we're preparing the team for Ama Olympics. So, some fine time when someone else could be warming up. So, it can be messy still if, if it continues. Um, I think personally, I know, I know she doesn't want to go out like that. 
because it's not gonna happen because when will it be happen because when it does happen I, I, it'll, it'll seem like I at least examined rather than we've given you the full honor the way we wanted to do it, the way you expected it to be done as well. So it's it's going to be somewhat haphazard, but I mean... No, but that's why I need to check again. I understand like, what happened. If, yeah. you, if, if you are contrite, like if you go up to her, again, this is if the fault completely is on the on side the of... Side, yeah. Whatever the, the, the mess is, right? You can say... Janine is someone who's represented us 183 times. Mm-hmm. And Desiree is even prior to becoming the coach of Banyana Banyana, is a legend in our game. We can't have them go out like this. It's sad. Mm-hmm. So as I'm saying, two adults, two mature people, hopefully can sit down and you can put it on the table that I wasn't happy with this or I wasn't happy with this or this was the misunderstanding. I'm sorry about this. Like, okay, I hear you. How do we move forward? Yeah. And then it's conflict resolution, man. Yeah, as I'm saying, So if they if they want to do it, if uh like to a point where it's impossible, then they can come together, have a conversation, and we can organize a game. Like there can be a game. Let's organize a game because there seems to be a falling out. Uh teams that have fallen out of the national cup. Yes. That'll be no sundowns, no pirates, no chiefs. The big names are out of the calling knockout. What does this say about South African football and state? Is it something to be worried about, or is it just things that ha- tend to happen sometimes in football? It's great, Chuck. Yeah. Um, like we've we, we've never had the League Cup not have any one of those four teams. Those are the four most successful teams in the PSL era. Mm-hmm. The only teams to win multiple um, PSL titles, and there is no rooting interest for any of them. Of course, it's not something that the sponsors and the league, I presume, would want because. The eyeballs and the interest is not going to be as high as mm. if you had those teams um, at this stage, you know. But in terms of the opportunity for a team that traditionally doesn't win competitions um, in, in, in the PSL, for them to go on and get a title, it's phenomenal. I mean, everyone everyone remembers when Golden Arrows won the MTN8. Everyone remembers when Barocca mm. won, uh, I believe, the Nepean Cup, you know. So... The other teams do have fan bases. Sometimes I think maybe in South Africa we forget Oguti, those other teams, one, exist, and two, they have people who support them. It will be great for, for those fans. It will be great for those communities. It will be great uh, for those teams uh, where I, I don't like sport when there's no jeopardy. Yeah. When you come into it and you know exactly what's going to happen, that's why even as a Sundance fan, the, the monopoly and the farming is not great. You know, like, I love it on the side that I just root for this team. I only want them to win. But as... A fan of the greater game, it's yeah. it's not good for, for for the game because again, as as before, any anyone even kicks a ball, we know what's going to happen, mm. and that's not great for sport. So to have this outcome just for sporting reasons, I think it's 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 it's, it's phenomenal, and yeah, man, uh, kudos to whoever wins it uh, from 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 this point. They'll have a great December sixteen. It better be Richard's Bay. <laughs> but I think financially, I think it's good for these teams as well. Mm. Um, for Men of the Match Award, and but more so the team getting more money and more exposure. Because as you're saying, that, that reminder that there are other teams in South Africa besides these big clubs. And I think if they do that and they can fill out a stadium, but I think they can, man. Because if we want to get behind someone, we do. There were people in the in the in the in the in the stadium watching Wanyana play the qualifier in Vulain band when the weather was crazy this week, this past week, and people were there. So if people want to go and back teams and watch a different uh, kind of football from a different team, they can. And I think it's great that these teams are displaying um, great football. And for them, it might be that 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 
that that boost that they need to go into the, the extended league campaign with okay Sweeney Cup let's put on this form um throughout the throughout the entire season so Abu Amazulaba they need these kind of fixtures ultimately it's good to have other other people performing other get to know other players get to know other stars because Kakulu you can lay, you can name Pirates Sundowns Chiefs starting 11 and bench from the top of your head, but mm-hmm. you don't really know the other stars. And this is our opportunity to see them because they appear on equal footing. And lo- largely, the, the gems and the stars of the next gen or Sundowns' next five signings <laughs> come from these from these teams. And it's when we discover them now and give them their platform. So I think it tends to happen that the big teams go out. And if you're a, if you're a small team or a mid-table team, now's your chance. Grab it with both hands. I hope the Ramos will win yeah. um, for two reasons. One, mainly... We know Bonginduli tragically passed away um, through, which felt like it came out of the blue. You know, even the statement explaining that he had a a, a form of cancer. Like, when did this happen? Just recently got married and to the daughter of um, the chairman Mm -hmm. at Amazulu. So, as well, was very much part, not just part of the team, but part of the family Mm in Amazulu. So, it's a it's a it's a very tragic and sad time for South African football. Um, thoughts do go out to uh, his family, mm. as well to the greater Amazulu family. So, I'm rooting for them to win. Also, because based on what he has said, Chairman Zungu has has great plans for E Amazul. You know, and he's one. he's planned 2032 when they celebrate their centenary. Is is one of great ambition, and this, as you say, could be the first step. You know, so. That's where my rooting interests are, but whoever comes out uh, with with the title, as I'm saying, it'd be a great outcome for for them and for their fan base. Before uh, we close it out, you as the Pirates fan, of course, as you say, because it seemed as if it was set up for Pirates to go on and win another uh, cup. Cheese were out, Sundowns were out, Supersport were out as well. Uh, are you are you concerned? Are you Definitely concerned? Concerned. Um, the lack of goals up front are are a problem because we dominate teams, but we're not really. We don't look dangerous with that mm. possession. We entertain the fans. We're not ruthless. I mean, one thing that I would envy about Sundowns is that Sundowns got very good players, but there's no time for Shushan and Piano, as it says, as it's said to be the style of Sundowns. Sundowns is direct. Sundowns will punish you. Sundowns will score goals. And I think if we had a better mindset in terms of killing games or finding the back of the net and being more ruthless, then you can find joy again. But Guamanje, it's good football, but it leads to nothing. It doesn't have enough goals in our corner. So, I mean, it's almost like back to square one, which is last season where we struggled for goals in the first half of the season. We're back there again. And selection choices, so not in the best spot because as you said, it was it was it was set up for Paris to win it because the people the, the teams that are left are not that particularly strong. So Manus Nalion King. Yeah, we're counting on just their name leading him. Oh also their recent history in Cups leading them to the tournament victory. But that didn't happen and it's given an opportunity to 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 these other teams. If Pirates finish the season with just the MTN, just the MTN eight title, and then creep into the top eight. Would that be a good season? Not at all. Not at all. If you look at the fact that we bombed out of Africa, snang in group stages, mm. we were lucky in Sundowns in the final. Yes, we were good money for the other rounds, but the fact that we are as 10, 12 points behind Sundowns, how big is the gap now already? I believe it's like 14. It's 14. And we're just 14, up, somewhere there. And we're like one more game before we're on par in terms of games played. No, this no. Season. Just feel it. The games are equal. <laughs> you see how bad that is? <laughs> I mean, then it's only Super Sport who's mounting a charge and they've played a game more than Golden the Arrows as well. Arrows have, mm. have, have, have gone up as well. So if you look at that, so would you see, 
a game, a capsule to the MTN 8, but then what else can you do? I mean, there's a, there's a long time left still, still in the season. If we get to top eight, that's disappointing. I'm pushing for a confed at the very least. If we can get to the Champions League, great, that means finishing second, then I'll be happy with that season. Less than that, it's a failed season. A failed season. Failed. Because MTN 8, yeah, Sharpie Cup, but ultimately we need to do our hard crafting and when I go to a team, early game. You have to you have to believe and you better count on it that if Paris do have that fails failed season, we're gonna be there. We're gonna be right here talking about it. This was the episode for this particular week of Two Upfront. You can listen to us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, as well as on the Joburg Municipality Online Radio Station, Joburg Pulse. You can watch us also on YouTube and you can watch our videos as well on our social media pages. Those social media pages on X and on Instagram is at two upfront pod. You can find me at J underscore Mzulu on both platforms. And Chuck is just on X. You can find him at Chuck to up if you want to pile on the misery as a Paris fan. From Jay, about <laughs> Guys, don't do it. I'm a Paris fan and a United fan. Don't do it. Um, pile it on. <laughs> we spoke about the protests and that horrendous display against India. Where to from now? Do you still have that little bit of confidence, a little bit of hope going into the semifinals and further, maybe even the final, because we are almost like going to face India? Do you think we, we, we can figure it out in terms of playing against that bowling attack? Um, we spoke about the Springboks and the logo, the emblem, um, the colors, what it represents. Do we do away with the logo? Do we change the colors altogether? Or is there a middle ground where we can find an idea and agree upon it where both sides can be happy? It will be tricky, but let's see if we can do that. And Infant Vague missed out her, her chance to get to be the most capped player on, Af on, on the African continent. There might be another chance, Asazi, but Guamanje seemed to have been mishandled in terms of give, giving, giving her the opportunity to play for Banyana Banyana. Let's see if that bridge can be mended. Let's see if that opportunity can be granted once again. Pirates, Sundowns, Chiefs out of the cup. Let's see and which Super team. Sport. And Super Sports. Yes, they got, they got this pile on Super Sports. They were smashed. <laughs> pile on Pirates. That's the mission. Pile on Pirates. This is Chuck and I'm out. Thank you.